Hello, my name is Kia, and welcome to Raised on the Internet, a podcast where we explore memories of growing up online. I feel like such a hack when I do business notes, but it would really mean a lot if you could rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts and maybe share an episode with a friend. I don't love the self-promoting side of projects like this, but I'm excited to see where we go in the future of this podcast, and I'd love to have new people along for the ride. Thanks so much. Okay, today's episode is a deep dive into one of my earliest online addictions. Before I ever started spending hours a day scrolling through Twitter, I spent hours of my weekends in elementary school on webkins.com. If you're not familiar, webkins are stuffed animals that can be adopted and come with a code to enter into the website counterpart where you can virtually build a world for and take care of the animal you've adopted. Webkins was released by Canadian toy company Gans, which had been founded in 1950 by a family of Holocaust survivors. According to the Gans website, quote, As the story begins, shortly after World War II, Samuel Gans made his way to New York City while his sons Sam and Jack settled in Toronto. On one of his visits to see them, Samuel brought along a doll he had seen produced in New York. After making a few contacts and holding discussions, Gans Toys was in business. End quote. Gans has catalogs of other products, but by far their biggest hit came in April of 2005 with their release of Webkins. Webkins was not the first website that hosted virtual world building for fluffy friends, and I do want to talk about its predecessor, Neopets, which was released in 1999. I didn't realize it had been around so long. My brother introduced me to the virtual pet site probably in 2004. On Neopets, users own virtual pets. Currently, Neopets.com lists 55 different types of pets, the top three most popular of which are a blue dragon called Shoryu, a green pet called Kachik, which I can't really place the closest animal to, but maybe somewhere between a monkey and a puppy, and a turquoise tiger named Kugra. As in a lot of these world-building games, there's no real objective to Neopets other than just to keep your pet fed and happy. To buy food and build a life for your pet, you play games to earn Neopoints. Something that will be a recurring trend we'll see with these games is that inevitably there's some sort of pushback from parents when they notice their kids spending time on a website they don't understand. In 2005, Wired ran an article headlined The Neopets Addiction, and in April of the same year, the LA Times ran an article that discussed parents fearing their kids were spending too much time on Neopets, and it was taking away their social skills. The article also brought up concerns about the site's advertising. Quote, On Neopets, users and their pets can visit a virtual McDonald's or a Disney theater and purchase virtual versions of real products with their Neopoints or play advertiser-sponsored games, end quote. I can see this one. Kids can't really differentiate when they're being advertised to, so ads like this do seem a little sneaky. But in general, I think Neopets was a fairly safe place for kids to be spending their virtual hours. While Neopets eventually started selling plush toy versions of their virtual pets, what Webkins did to stand out was they incorporated the plush toys into the business model better. The IRL webkins were really cute and soft. When I asked you guys for submissions on your own stories, Katie said she had over 20 webkins, and it was stressful to build worlds for each of them online, so she spent 
more time playing with the plushies than playing the online games. The Webkinz plushies were also the perfect size to carry around. Webkinz mania hit my school in 5th grade, so 2006 to 2007, and we started bringing our plushies to school to play with until the school threatened to ban the toys for being a, quote, distraction. Whatever. As I said, adults are always such haters of new kids' trends. Now, let's get into how the website worked. As mentioned, each plushie came with an individual code to adopt that specific animal on the website. Webkins came in a variety of different species. Another difference from Neopets was that Webkins tended to be more realistic animals that kids could recognize, where Neopets were often more fantasy-oriented, which I do think kind of alienated some kids who weren't into that. So, while Neopets had dragons, Webkins promoted golden retrievers and lions and the like. My first Webkins was a cheeky monkey, which obviously is very different from a regular monkey. They sold those too. I'm pretty sure I'd name the cheeky monkey something like Chachi once I had entered its code. In my story submissions, Haley recalled people trying to steal other people's codes by writing them down in the store, and occasionally when she went to adopt her newly bought pets, the codes didn't work because somebody had already used the code. That must have been so disappointing, and I guess it just goes to show that this business model is not without its flaws. The gameplay of Webkins is similar to Neopets that users take care of their animals, feeding them and building a virtual home complete with furniture and decor. What I remember loving was that if you adopted more than one animal, they all lived together in the same household and an extra room was added to the house layout for each new adoptee. The food and home furnishings were bought with Kin's Cash made through minigames in the arcade. I remember being really obsessed with the rock, paper, scissors game that allowed you to play with other real users. Some other arcade highlights include Cash Cow, a game similar to Candy Crush, Jazz Monsters, a game that featured an all-Webkins jazz band, Hungry Hog, which was a Pac-Man-inspired game, and, I think most famously, The Wheel of Wow. The Wheel of Wow! Which was a prize wheel that you could spin to win prizes inspired by The Wheel of Fortune. According to the Webkins fandom Wikipedia, quote, prizes rotate every two weeks and can take the form of Kins Cash, food, clothing, or W Shop items, end quote. The W Shop, like the arcade, is also a place within Webkins that users can visit. The W Shop is where items can be bought with Kins Cash. A lot of what is sold is to better the home of your pets, like beds, decorations, wallpaper, but they also sell accessories like toys and books for your pets. Another iconic and memorable place is the Curio Shop. The Webkins Wiki fan page says, quote, The Curio Shop is a shop owned by Artifact, a character who sells novelties, artifacts, and antiquities to Webkins. Management of the shop is an occupation that Artie took on after retiring from archaeology and is the place he stores the artifacts he discovered during his adventures. In Webkins' world, the Curio Shop serves as the place for players to buy rare and exclusive items, also known as CSO items or Artie's favorites, end quote. Artie's appearance is that of a cartoon middle-aged golden retriever with a scruffy fur beard. 
He has proved to be a lasting fan favorite to the point that young adults now even make memes about being attracted to him. Artie's Curio Shop is also the place where players go to hunt for gems, which they can either sell or... You can keep that gem for your collection and try for that legendary crown of wonder. I think a lot of people remember this particularly from their Webkins days. In my story submissions, Emily mentioned hunting for gems stood out as a memory. As research for this episode, I watched an old YouTube video of a screen recording of someone on Webkins mining, and it kind of spooked me, to be honest. Isn't that sound slightly ominous to you? I think we remember the Curio Shop and Artie well not only for his dashing good looks, but because the more you befriend him, the more he helps you out. According to the wiki fan page, there are seven levels of friendship you can achieve with Artie. The levels coincide with the phrase Artie would say to you when you entered his shop, starting with the introduction to the Curio Shop, followed by level two, probably the most famous. Welcome to the Curio Shop. Hope you find what you're looking for. The levels progress to level 7, where he says, There you are. Always great to see you. My shop is your shop. Aside from coming back to the shop and buying things, another way to climb the ranks is to bribe Artie, who, honestly, seems to run a pretty corrupt business, if you ask me. Apparently, if you made it to level 7 but then neglected to tip him for a while, Artie could demote you down a level. Anyway, corruption or not, Artie is for sure one of the most memorable characters almost 15 years later. I think this is because he's the most fleshed out character. His lines are quotable and we spent a lot of time with him. When I asked for memories though, my sister Ava brought up a different iconic person in place in Webkin's world, Dr. Quack's clinic, where you could go to see Dr. Quack, the duck physician, with tiny round glasses, a white lab coat, and a black bow tie. Ava is a pre-med student and actually said interacting with Dr. Quack is one of her earliest memories of being interested in medicine and healing. I thought that was so funny, but I can definitely see it. Dr. Quack helped diagnose your pets and prescribe medicine which cost 25 kins cash. Which, okay, we can't even get socialized medicine in Webkin's world. What is up with that? Speaking of politics, though, interestingly, Dr. Quack was actually named mayor of Kinsville in 2016 after he retired from medicine in 2015, after successfully ridding Webkins of all disease. No, I'm not making this up. Another popular activity on Webkins was hitting up the clubhouse. This was one of the locations where users could interact with one another, rather than the non-playable characters like Artie and Dr. Quack. In the last episode, I talked about the risks of allowing children to talk to strangers online. Webkins actually found a way to work around the risks and keep things safer for their kid users. In most of the rooms in the clubhouse, users are only allowed to have conversations by using text from a list of approved phrases, so no smut allowed. There was a way to type what you want. This is to switch from Kins Chat to Kins Chat Plus, but this feature is only allowed in one of the rooms of the clubhouse, so... Of course, this does open up some risk, but it's far less risky than, say, chat roulette or omegle. 
There are lots of other memorable places and people to visit within the Webkins world. Some honorable mentions are Kinsville Academy with Superintendent Miss Cowline and the employment office run by Tabby Von Meow, the job advisor. I have no idea why I wanted to spend my free time having a fake job, but I do remember spending hours trying to become a fake secretary at age 10. As I mentioned earlier with Neopets, Webkins did have its haters, too. A 2007 Wired article framed the site as, quote, taking money from kids, which, if you ask me, is a pretty weak take. Webkins didn't cost an exorbitant amount of money, and for the most part, it was parents paying for the toys. The article goes on to discuss the merits of Webkins' physical and virtual dual model, calling it a gimmick. It amuses me how cyclical this debate is, parents being so cynical and honestly straight up hating on whatever kids are into. Compared to all the other dark stuff kids could be doing with their time, why are you choosing to spend your time criticizing Webkins? It just proves that there will always be out-of-touch adults yelling, kids these days, no matter what the kids these days are doing. So, we've talked about paranoid parents. What I find interesting about Webkin's culture was that there was actually a moment there where kids were paranoid as well. This doesn't always happen, as kids who grew up online have a pretty good bullshit filter. However, when rumors of a Webkin's killer spread in 2007, my friends and I panicked in our 5th grade class. And now... An investigation into an alleged virtual killer. The Webkins killer was a rumor that spread around elementary schools in early 2007. There are many iterations of the rumor, but all involve some form of a Webkins character suddenly killing your pets. The key word is sudden. Kids were on edge, thinking any wrong move could be their Webkins last. Let's take a look at the theories. According to Snopes, quote, some say the killer is a virus that appears on the user's screen as a penguin with red eyes that first lays waste to the user's webkins, then ruins her computer, end quote. Considering what we've previously talked about on this podcast about fears of downloading viruses on LimeWire and other torrenting sites, it makes sense that fears of sudden viruses would catch on. To my knowledge, though, there's no evidence of anything like this killer penguin. Another rumor pointed to Dr. Quack as the killer. Remember sweet old Dr. Quack? Well, the rumor said that if you brought your pet to his office and bothered him enough, he would get angry and prescribe poison in the form of pills. Dr. Quack did prescribe medicine, but there's no evidence of arsenic in Webkin's world. I remember hearing a theory that Webkin's predecessor, Neopets, had become jealous of Webkin's success, and there was some sort of glitch that allowed Neopets characters to crash into Webkin's world and kill off Webkin's. Again, no evidence of this. My best guess is that there possibly could have been advertisement for Webkin's found on the Neopets website, and that could have fueled the rumor, but that's just me speculating. Probably the most popular theory was the infamous black box theory. The story goes that a black box would randomly pop up in a user's room and the user needed to exit the room and fast before a killer webkins could pop out of the box and slaughter whoever was in the room. 
Out of all the theories, this is the only one I might consider reasonable, as there is evidence of a black box glitch happening. In my research, I came across a YouTube video by a user called L Supersonic Q, who claimed he had a run-in with the black box when he downloaded a minigame to be played in his webkin's home. Instead of the game, a black box popped up, and he immediately exited the room. Now, I can almost guarantee that no one would have been killed if he hadn't exited, but it is a weird glitch nonetheless. Kids don't always understand computer glitches, and thus their imaginations can run a little wild. Snopes wraps up the statement on the alleged killer with, quote, In the online world, at least, webkins can't die. While they might at times get sick, they can always be restored to the pink of health by a visit to Dr. Quack, end quote. Webkins has had to reiterate the point that their pets can't die. It's been a point of contention since it's been over a decade since some of the original users have been logged on. According to an article for The Verge by McKenna Kelly, quote, nearly 15 years after launch, many of those virtual pets may only have days to live. Gans, the company that owns the Webkins brand, has announced it will permanently delete all archived inactive accounts on October 1st, 2019. If you've left your account inactive for more than a year and don't log in by September 30th, your pet will be deleted forever, end quote. Gan said on the matter, quote, millions of Webkin's accounts have been created since we launched in 2005, and for various reasons, many of those accounts have since become inactive. Over time, that has added up to a huge amount of data that needs to be stored, end quote. In response to the Verge article, Webkins tweeted, quote, Webkins don't die. If we have to delete an account from our archives because the player has abandoned it, we put those pets back up for adoption so they can find a new loving home, end quote. Which honestly sounds to me a bit like emotional manipulation, but that is just my opinion. As we've seen in the past with nostalgic things of the mid-2000s, Webkins has seen a mini-revival on TikTok. A Paper Mag article by Brendan Wetmore explained, quote, TikTokers are now logging back into their Webkins account online to participate in the latest TikTok trend, which involves scrolling through old accounts and showing off the coveted collections of ill-named animals, end quote. My sister sent me TikToks that her friends made following this trend. Some highlights are a beaver named Celery and a blue chipmunk named Beezlebub. So... What does Webkins look like now when people log in? Well, a lot has changed. New games and activities have been added, but a lot have also been retired. A lot of the classic games have been removed from the arcade, and some are now exclusively available to users who pay for the exclusive membership. Deluxe membership prices vary depending on how long you purchase for. There's a 99 cent one month trial, then a three-month plan for $4.99 per month, or a year subscription for $3.75 per month. This deluxe plan was implemented to make up for the fact that Webkins isn't selling physical pets to the same extent as it used to, so the paid memberships keep money coming in. There are still incentives to buy physical pets, however, like the chat function, which becomes available only when you adopt a toy. Webkins is still designing and selling new types of pets. 
If you're interested, Google what they look like. They're definitely different from the original release, but they're still pretty cute. These new pets come with two different codes, one that downloads the pet in the classic animation style, and one that downloads in the updated animation style, a more 3D look. To me though, there's nothing beating the classic look. Nostalgia is a powerful thing. I haven't tried accessing my old Webkins account because I don't know my login info. I don't even have access to my old email address, so I have to assume my pets have all been rehomed by now, and I'd like to formally apologize to Chachi the Cheeky Monkey. I hope she is having the life she deserves somewhere out there. Okay, that is it for today's day trip to Webkin's World. Thanks so much for joining. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts about any of this. The podcast Instagram is at raisedontheinternet, and the email is raisedontheinternetpod at gmail.com. Feel free to say hi. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.